Welcome one and all to the very latest episode of Bush's Board Game Thing, powered by the people at Zatu Games. Can you just get her to pay attention and be a bit more in the moment? What's going on, Louise? You're like a like a teenager. You're on your phone, left, right, and centre. What's going on? I'm losing money, like literally every second. I'm I'm just losing money. So. I put some cash in cryptocurrency. This is what, how we left the last episode, was the cliffhanger, wasn't it? I did a bit of Litecoin and a little bit of Ethereum. And I've currently, at this stage, I've lost £160. How I much put, did you invest? I put 500 in. Did oh you? Oh my God, oh my yeah. you are an absolute I know. idiot. There, there's a, there was a TV show in the 80s called That's Life. Do you remember it with Esther Ranson? Yeah. And then these people who sign up for stuff, like they'll send £500 to a Nigerian yeah. prince to, to get their share of diamonds. Are you one of those people, Eloise? I think so, because basically a friend of mine did recruit me into this. Basically said it was it was a surefire way to just earn a bit uh, of cash. Hang on a minute. Does she get, a, does she no, get money off no, it? She not didn't. MLM, is it? Oh, no, yes. no, no. Um, it, these are legit ones, anyways. Oh, it just sounds like it. Yeah. In the first week, though, yeah. it went up, and I was up eighty quid, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've done the best thing ever." And I've steadily watched it plummet, and thinking, way, "At what point shall I pull it all out?" In a way, it's like a digital timeshare. <laughs> yeah, you signed up for a digital timeshare. I have. Can I interest you in my cryptocurrency, which I'm launching? Mm. So, what's the one big problem with people going about blockchain? Blockchain. What's the one big problem with cryptocurrency? It's not real. Exactly. Potentially could be um, hacked as well. Yeah. So I've got the first ever physical-based cryptocurrency. It's called Papyrus. And basically, right. you tell me how much you want to invest. How much do you want to invest in my cryptocurrency, my physical cryptocurrency? Maybe that pa- 500 that you have pa- from before. Papyrus, yeah. You give yeah. 500 quid. Sure. We don't have any more, but you give it to me. Yeah? Give me the money. I keep it in my bank account. Uh-huh. I'll put it in my pocket or whatever. I'll give you a piece of paper that says 500 pounds on it. All right. Okay. Is that, that not an that's, IOU? Is that that's an IOU? your currency. And I called it papyrus because obviously that's like paper. Paper, paper yeah. yeah. So, so that's your... that's your, And then I put all that money in the bank. And then say Andy gives me 100 quid. Yeah. Right. I put that in the bank. So I'll give him a piece of papyrus that says 100 quid. And what does it say? It just says... What, what, 100, what would be 100 quid. And then what happens at the end of the week, because I put it in an interest account, <laughs> say if like it goes up by, you know, four or five, five pound. Right. You'll get, you know, three pound. You'll get one pound. And I'll, I'll, I'll send out in the post... A new piece of paper that says you've now got. You it's know, quite a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah, right? I appreciate well, that. This, this is the thing. When have you ever seen a uh, piece of paper hacked? Can't be hacked. It can't be hacked. North, the North Koreans and the Russians can't get at it. What do you reckon? That's a really good point. How are you making money? Volume. If you do any, if you do a big amount, <laughs> these are all trademark these words, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> Volume. If you do big enough business, you make a lot of money. Okay. Do I have to pay the postage costs of all the paper you're posting out to me? Um. Yes, that does come off. It's your in the T's and C's. Annual fee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the fact that you are. Is it Bitcoin that you've been buying? Because no, there's a theory. There's one that sounds like and a Litecoin. There's one that sounds like a like armor in Skyrim, the video game Ethereum. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember when I was a kid. Do you remember Teletext and CFAX? Me and my brother used to play this game. It's honestly true, where we would have a pretend £50 each. Mm. And we'd go onto the stocks and shares page on CFAX. Yeah. You'd spend your £50 on the shares. And then you go back two days later 
and see whether your shares have gone up or down. Oh, right. So it's a little bit like that. Okay. Are there any games about stocks and shares? There well, we be. should. We're just thinking just then as you were talking. Maybe yeah. maybe we should do a special episode. What about the next one after this? We do games that have got something to do with finance and money. And all. Not, not, it might be a sore point with Eloise. <laughs> it might be, it keeps yeah. plummeting. I, when do I pull out? That's what I need now, to know. Pull, I don't now, know what pull to out do. now. Pull out now. <laughs> um, I did ask on Twitter because we've been chatting in the group this week about Eloise's uh, ups and downs with uh, Bitcoin. Just it's, before you do that, um, who gives you the right to give her uh, advice about Bitcoin? Because oh, yeah. if you recall, <laughs> oh, yes. your nickname around the office is Bitcoin Jonah. You know, Eloise, oh, right? This is a nightmare. You remember when Bitcoin first became a thing mm. and uh, it had never gone down, it was constantly rising. Andy gave out a Bitcoin, maybe not a whole Bitcoin, but some Bitcoin. Mm. I think it was like. What they was sponsored it like? my show. They sponsored yeah, my how show much on the radio. Was it like a thousand pounds worth of Bitcoin? Pounds, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the day that he gave it away, guess what happened? It Bitcoin plummeted. plummeted. Loads of people, like you, you're thinking 150 quid down or whatever you are at the yeah. moment is a nightmare. There were un- people literally losing everything just because I was affiliated with it briefly. <laughs> But Bitcoin's worth loads now. It's like 40 grand for one Bitcoin. The promotion with me ended and it went back up again. <laughs> I've taken it completely personally. It really is. I never want to go near it ever again. But I, I just wonder whether if you add coin to your name, whether you would sound like a cryptocurrency. Because, yeah. you know, where does it come from? And, and there's some um, board game thing listeners have been getting in touch here. Uh, Stu Wilson says, Stu coin. Just think Stew to coin? yourself, would you buy Stu coin? Yeah, that sounds legit. Neil Coin says Neil Crozier. No. Neil Coin to me though sounds solid, dependable. Yeah. Like what are you? I've got Ethereum. I've got Bitcoin. Oh, it's a bit mm. fluctuates a bit highly. What have you got? I've got Neil Coin. I mean, the returns aren't massive, <laughs> but it's steady. You know where you know where you stand with Kev Coin says Kevin Loggy who listens to the show. No, he sounds like he spends it on pints. <laughs> and uh, Keith says Keefy Coins. Keefy Coins. Keefy, Keefy Coins. coins yeah. Give me some of your Keefy Coins. Board game thing. Hi, I'm Nell Frizzell, host of The Panic Years. When I was 28, everyone around me was getting married, having babies, being promoted, and buying houses. I was single, redundant, and living with my mum. I thought this was just a private crisis, but it was actually my panic years, and that is what this podcast is all about. Join me as I talk about weddings with Sarah Pascoe, libido with Rob Delaney, the flattening of women with Pandora Sykes, and blended families with Tiffany Stevenson. Each episode also features a follow-up conversation with an expert in their field. This show talks about the big stuff in a way that will make you feel better. Search The Panic Years wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, anyway, listen, uh, welcome uh, to the show. We're going to get on with this week's episode in a second. There's one other thing I just wanted to bring up before we got stuck into the... Uh, the. I always get trouble with this phrase. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, Brian, I'm obsessed with a photo that you've posted on social media this week about a horse near where you live that looks like a pop star. Yeah, it looks like Sia. <laughs> so you've got Sia. a horse that lives near you that, that looks like yeah. Sia. In a way, in a way, all a lot of horses look like Sia because they have the, the manes covering their eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but we just go down to it. So your eldest, your, your eldest, your daughter is obsessed with this. Does she, is she aware of it looking like Sia? Or yeah, she it... calls it Sia. Yeah, because it looks as she's a big Sia fan because she loves that song. Uh, I can see a rainbow. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she goes down and feeds it most days. Uh, she goes, let's go and see Sia. And it does look like Sia. And also it's black and white, isn't it? And Sia, that's her style, isn't it? Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So yeah, I, I love living near the country or in the country even because I do live in the country that things become more interesting than they normally would do. So yeah. like, we often go and see the big thistle. What's Every that? year this thistle Sounds breaks. like a local weirdo. 
Oh, Big Thistle's been edited. Oh, yeah. that's Big Thistle that's done that. He's had three pints of scrumpy in his... <laughs> Um, no, uh, there's a big thistle round the back where there's a field. We go walking the dog, and every year a, a thistle, like, one, really, one thistle, really shoots a huge thistle. So it's tall or is it wide? Both fat and wide. What's Fantastic. the thistle head size? Oh, I don't. I didn't measure it. I know, but roughly like oh, oh, fruit. Fruit. in fruit, size, yeah. Yeah, yeah, size of a tennis ball at least. Oh, that was that's a little not fruit, that, but sure. That's a good point. Yeah, can you do it in fruit instead? <laughs> Uh, um, uh, a large apple uh, or a small mango. I don't know. Are you ever tempted to pull, take it with you, big thistle? No, 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 no big thistle. It's, it's I feel like nature would come back, like yeah. warn you or something. Sacred it? in our village. Um, in in the village where my mother-in-law lives, they used to, it's dead now, but they used to go and see the big cow. <laughs> they go for rest. You go and see the big cow. This is a big cow. And to be fair, the cow was massive. Is it massive? Massive Do cow. Do other people know about the big cow, or is it just your mum? I imagine you? the people in the village knew about the big, big cow, cow. Do but other I don't, I don't think it was drawing in people from outside the county. <laughs> well done for not making a mother-in-law connection with the big cow joke there, because as well, I feel like you're a bigger person for it's too it. Too obvious. Too obvious. Right? Um, so look, if you follow us on board game thing, two things we're going to put out there this week on our Instagram. Uh, can we have a picture of uh, Sia the horse? Definitely. Also, I don't know if you've noticed this, Eloise, every time Brian leaves us a message on uh-huh. a voice note on our group, our board game thing, WhatsApp chat, uh, the bird song in the background of where you live is amazing. You like don't I get say, it in the I city. Live, live in the country, live in the country. There's lots of birds there. And in a way, it's sometimes quite annoying. I like it, though. What, the one thing I don't like is you'll be trying to sleep and then you'll just hear the... That's quite calming, though. Yeah, I like that. Last week's episode was about mindfulness. That's pure mindfulness, isn't it? I'd love to catch a wood pigeon and eat it. Is that legal? Uh, I don't think so, is it? And they walk around on our roof as well. In the morning. It's, like oh, well, toddlers. it's like toddlers walking around <laughs> on your roof. Well, I was going to I was gonna ask if you could do us a bit of uh, bird sound, bird yeah, song I'll for... Yeah, i some bird sound for you. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? All right, well, there you go. Well, keep an eye out for those uh, on Instagram at Board Game Thing. This week's episode connects back to something we were talking about last week, which is the whole mindfulness thing. Uh, we're going to talk about postal games, playing by post. There's an element of slow to it in the kind of slow cook slow gin type way in that uh, rather than the immediacy of, of having to get people together at the same time or even being sat at the computer at the same time there's quite a few games out there where uh, people play either video games in a way that is you you submit your move on email there are role playing games out there where you can play on, on email and stuff as well and then games that you get in the post so let me explain video games uh, something like Solium Infernum which is a game by Cryptic Comic Games which is like a, a, a video game version of a board game you play by email so you make your move and you send the instructions from your move via email and then someone else can take their time making their turn and then send it back to you and loads of war games do that as well uh, the Pathfinder uh, role playing game which many of our listeners will be familiar with uh, and Dungeons and Dragons as well rather than having to get a group of people together you can just submit your move you write the bit of narrative and then send it as an email and then the next person does their thing and you create the story together which is a great thing and then there are also games this is what we're going to look at this week there are also games where you get the episodes delivered in a pizza box format in the post with and cheese there's no cheese in it it's not right, it's okay. not actually it's not actually food it's just, just to tip the driver well no because it comes in it literally just gets dropped Fine. on your doorstep through your letterbox and is there a little white box. thing that looks like a tiny white patio table that keeps all the parts apart I've always been obsessed with those little things it does like a little you tiny... know that made the owner of, sorry this is a sidebar but I think it made the person that invented it millions of pounds well the little Ta- mini table. table, yeah. I never knew what that was for ages, and and because uh, we don't, I'm not a big fan of getting pizza delivered. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. Like that, like that, is it? It's a little bit like that. Too good for it, are you? Well, I just don't like it. I just don't <laughs> well, like you don't it. Like delivered pizza or pizza in general? I don't like delivered pizza. Like you know, in, in the oh, Pantheon, on, we've got on, we've got the charts, the, the charts of takeaways, right? For me, it would yeah. go Turkish, then Indian, mm. then Chinese, 
Uh, pizza doesn't even make top three. For you guys, that's, what are you going to go for? That's fine. That's fine. But I'm just saying that you did. What's the, the aspect of it you don't like is the delivery. So you'll happily put a pizza in the oven and eat. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Right. I don't. I don't like floppy whoppy. Oh. Floppy whoppy pizza. I don't like floppy whoppy <laughs> pizza, and they, and they all get a bit piggly wiggly. Keefy coins. It all gets a bit keefy coins, and you have like, oh, does, let's have cheese piped into the bloody ridge at the end of it. Does Katie have to um, make your meals in separate plates, like, separate? <laughs> Do you have your beans in a pot? I'm not eating carrots. Well, I, and I all I have to eat it with a knife and fork, which is a whole other, oh, yeah, a whole other issue. But, but what is it you don't like about them? I don't like how floppy it is. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yes, back to pizza box. Yes. So the uh, lovely people at the Detective Society, they make this um, uh, board game called the Detective Society. It arrives in a pizza box. Inside is a different case. It's a series of six in each season, a little bit like your favourite TV drama. So if you like uh, crime drama and all that kind of thing, they normally come in six episodes. You'll get six different episodes for each season. And then you uh, can play it on your own because it's quite calming if you like to do little, you know, brain puzzling quizzes and stuff like that. You can play it on your own. You can play it as a group. Uh, and basically what you do is you solve each case and then you, it's like a subscription service. So they send you a new case every couple of weeks depending on how you're getting on. And That's it's great. Bit of internet, bit of working out in your head, bit of pen and pencil, bit of on the train. Fantastic. I loved it. Well, we're going to go, we'll have a little play of it now. The guy who created it, Dan Wiseman, has left us a little voice note uh, ahead of us having a go at the game. This is what Dan had to say. Hello, Bush, Eloise, Brian. It's Dan here from the Detective Society. Uh, so excited for you guys to be giving away one of our games this week and to chat about it on the Board Game Thing podcast. Um, so the Detective Society puts you in the shoes of a real-life detective. Uh, you have to examine the evidence provided, speak to the characters, try and solve the case. Uh, we've got lots of experience uh, designing physical escape rooms, so there's a real feel of that in there. Lots of puzzles, things to unlock, and websites to break into. Uh, hope you enjoy playing the games as much as we enjoyed making them. Thanks very much. So have you ever done it? We're going to play it in a sec. We'll tell you how we got on and we played it in a second, but you ever done a, an escape room or yeah, anything like that? I loved it. Came I, last, but I loved it. What was the environment? Were you in like an old study or like a crate? Yeah. Or what were you in? It was an, a, like an old study. Um, they had like a dining table and then loads of like a library. Yeah. And there was a secret room, which was like a wardrobe. Ooh. Yeah. And then there, you had to investigate all the plumbing, going all the books. Like, it was so good. I got a little bit of a panic attack when I did it, actually. There was, oh. they had a, uh, it was one in Leicester Square and you went in a crate. It was to do with the, the launch of a video game. Uh, oh, what's that one? Is it called Far Cry, the video game? You know that yep. series? Yeah, yeah, uh, and then we it was like three of us I didn't know the other people it was like a press thing and then we got they just locked us in a crate and I, I had a little panic attack in there actually Ooh, yeah, I wouldn't like got that. all a bit sweaty and scared I, um, it sounds like I'm going off on a tangent here but I didn't get a mobile phone until about five years after everyone else had mobile phones I held out as long as I could that's I, very you that's very bright I was very much like a Native American who knew that there was a coming storm <laughs> who knew it was all going to change you know you, you're going to be displaced <laughs> And I very much have the same aspect with escape rooms. Okay. In the sense that everything now is in escape room. Everything. There's a lot of escape room stuff, in, to be in, fair. In five years' time, there'll be no coffee shops. It's just going to be escape room. If you want to have coffee, you're just going... <laughs> have to climb out of a chute. Climb out, exactly, to get a cup of coffee. And so I'm holding off as long as I can. But I know it's inevitable, and one day I'll have to... So you've never been? You've never been never to escape been to room? Never been to escape room. What's your problem with having fun, Brian? Yeah, what is Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the, with the escape room per se. It's just the pe- pe- just people. You can do it with people you like. You don't have to do it I with strangers. Like you could do it with Eloise and I. We could all go to an escape room. If you if we like 
this detective society game. Yeah. We could go to an escape room. How about after. I go and sit in the pub and you escape the room and then come right. to the pub with me? That's not really the spirit, yeah, is no, it? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, this is what happened when we played episode one, season one of the detective society. Right, here we are then. So we're like detectives working together. What TV show are we going to channel here in terms of detectives? If we're like a group of detectives. We've got to have a thing, haven't we? If we're Randall and Hopkirk deceased. Brian in a white suit, partially a ghost. I would like us all to have our own vibe going on. Who are you going to be? Right, you, who, which detective are you going to channel? You choose a detective first, I'm going to have a think. I have to be my absolute favourite, which is Columbo. Oh, so you got the coat. Come back for one more question. Yeah. Was um, Lovejoy a detective or just an no, antique stealer? antique stealer, okay. yeah. Yeah, but he did a bit of detective work on the side. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be Lovejoy. And in a way, hunting down antiques is detective work. Yeah, he had a leather jacket and a bubble perm. I'll be Lovejoy. I... Brian's searching for an obtuse, annoying no, detective. No, 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 no. You know what? I'll come clean. I was trying to think of a cool, obtuse detective yeah. that people would go, yeah, that's not, that's not obvious. That's but it's like, yeah. yeah, I know it, I know it. And therefore, like, I'm cool too. I tell you what, the ultimate one of those, I want to be Wallander. I, do you know, I knew, I was just going to say Nordic. I knew you'd go Nordic. Yeah, Wallander, Kenneth Branagh, wandering around in perpetual twilight. Is it is it set abroad, that? It's set in... They've done that abroad. thing. They've done that thing where it's set in Sweden. Sweden. And it's everything's Swedish, but everyone speaks English and no one talks about the fact they're speaking English. Is it, is it originally a Swedish series and they've it just is, redone yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Also, it's a cool name, Kurt. Kurt Wallander. Kurt Wallander. So you're Kurt Wallander, yep. I'm Lovejoy, Eloise, you're Columbo. Columbo, yeah. I'm troubled. I, well, I could have told my you wife's that. left me. I could have told you that. Sorry, are we in character here or is this just... <laughs> no, this is me. That's a cry for help. Uh, Eloise, please read the... Uh, this is the case note for this first episode. Dear detective, inside this package is a padlocked folder. Inside that folder are all the files relating to the case of Claire Makova. However, as I said in my recent email to you, to ensure this information does not fall into the wrong hands, we have secured that folder with a code that only a very capable... get quite emotional when you read this stuff. Huh? <laughs> so can I just stop there, because there is a natural pause there. Uh, how do you padlock an envelope? It's, it's uh, whatever the, the detective uh, box has come with. Yep. Like a pencil case with a uh, padlock on it. Yeah, so granted, you can't cut through the padlock, but you can cut through the pencil case. I think That's that wouldn't true. be in the spirit of the detective fair game. Enough, okay, fair yeah, enough. fair enough. But it's a really good point. Divided by the solution to the contents of envelope of envelope Z. Kurt Wallander's checked out. He's thinking about how sad he is. Come on, Kurt, back in the room. I don't get to see my daughter at weekends anymore. Leave it on the doorstep. Let's let's focus on the investigation. Your first archived case. This relates to a mission in which an employee needed to escape without being followed. We'd like you to work out five key train stations in their journey. Remember those online assets you accessed? They should prove useful at some point. The employee knew their life was in extreme danger, so they deliberately took a winding route with a load of detours, avoiding security cameras at all costs. You'll need to identify their starting location, the three stations they changed trains at, and their final destination. Bear in mind they travelled through many more stations along the way. They set off for the first train just after 8am, just like one of those old maths quizzes from the GCSE days. Mm. They set off from the first train station just before 8am, travelling southwest for 150 miles to reach the first destination. Then they then changed trains, heading to a station at an airport, but this was just a decoy, as our private jet was waiting for them at a different airport. After changing trains at this location, they decided it was a good idea to blend in with the crowd at a football stadium, heading to watch hashtag the boys from up the hill <laughs> after the match they caught their final train they wanted to get to our French headquarters as quickly as possible the private jet was waiting for them at the airport closest on the map to our HQ in Nantes that's how you say the French word is not, that's not a, an abusive term <laughs> what's the one digit number on that envelope then 
I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict what it is. Don't show me. Don't show. Is me. It, you got a map here? And, I'm gonna and show. The... I'm gonna show my detecting skills, Andy. Yeah. I'm gonna predict the one-digit number. It, that's not how this works. It's, you can't just have a guess. It's, it's either <laughs> it's either one or it's two. It's not two. It's three, four, or five. It's oh. not. If it's not five, six, seven, eight, or nine. That's the digit. What digit is it? Well, well, we don't know because we need to put it into the whole. There's like a, a three-digit code on the padlock. So what? Just rip it open, mate. I'm not ripping it's it open. Case. Uh... Oh, it's south. So it's this somewhere. This one. Were you just doing never eat shredded wheat? Yeah, I was. <laughs> so yeah. So the... oh, so this draws a number. The root draws the number. So go from top to southwest. That's one part of it. Draw it with a pen, Brian, because that will uh, that will give you the number that we're after. The map looks a little bit like a four. From the top, from the very, very top train station. I don't remember Wallander having to go on Google Maps. (laughs) The top, top right train station, yes. Yeah. So if you went from Nottingham, you go down sort of a diagonal, and you go to Bristol Park, and you go across to Heathrow Airport. So that's half of the four. So up the hill. Let's have a look. If this is a four, I'm going to just up be the, like up the hill. Let me let me let me Google this here. So the boys jump over my head, run around the room. Isn't it a euphemism? I've been to see the boys from up the hill. Oxford, Oxford United's nickname is the boys from up the hill. Wallander, mate. Yeah, that makes. So did Columbo get it right? I, I think Columbo might be right. I think he looks well, like a on, four. Hang on, it looks most six. Look, so you're down, 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 and then down. And this is the last bit. The last bit. Oh, right. After the match, they caught the final train and wanted to go south to our French headquarters as there quickly as possible. Private jet closest to Nantes. It's a four. Four. Can I just tell you, Colombo told you that right from the beginning. That is I a good told, point. I said four at the beginning. You I remember didn't. I predicted four. <laughs> as on. well as all the other nine this is all about. This is about working together. We do not argue. <laughs> uh, you don't see arguing in 24 hours. Okay. Well done, guys. I'm really happy with what we've, what we've uh, achieved there. Our remit also covers the security of large businesses. For this assignment, we were testing the evacuation protocol of a large law firm. Mm. They were very well drilled. Their previous evacuation times were very consistent, varying only as a result of the number of people evacuating. Isn't uh, it the time? Wouldn't it be the time? And then you work out the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're too too thick. (laughs) Based on the number of people. So we can work out how many people were involved. So how many people... Brian. What? How many people were involved in the uh, participants? How many people did you count? What do you mean? How many people are, are on there? On what? That form. Which well, which floor, though? All of them. You want me to count all of them? Yeah. You know, Wallander is probably the highest ranking detective here, so I'm ordering you to go and deduce this while I have a cup of tea. I, I'm ignoring I'm just on my phone checking out antiques because I'm Lovejoy. What rank is Wallander? Superintendent mm-hmm. chief. Is he? Is he, though? Uh, I think Columbo's uh, quite He's a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant. lieutenant. Is that higher up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think I can arrest anyone if if I'm not technically. If they've stolen a vase. You can't. You can do a citizen's arrest. I just sit on someone until one of you two gets there. Right. You've got jurisdiction. Thanks for that. Jurisdiction. So am I counting all these people? Probably not. I I think you're you're counting the people in the three radius. That you get from the three investigation envelopes X, Y, Z. You then divide it by yeah. someone else. Has there been a murder, by the way? Uh, it's a disappearance. It's a disappearance. disappearance. Okay. But and we can't get to that until we've got we've this, done these. This food seems to me to be a bit like a CBB's program, where they're trying to sneak maths 
into an exciting and thing. And trying to make maths fun. Like, called like number, yeah. pol- number police. Well, do you know what? I, if you think back to your school days when you used to have that, the BBC Electron wheeled in and then you do that. Remember we talked about it before, that really grim yeah. um, maths game about a German market. Yeah. I would have been I would have been more happy to learn maths if it was about, um, you know, disappearance of someone. You're trying to find a kidnapped person, someone like that. Uh, Eloise, right? Why, why don't you do the QR code first? Just in case we can just. I don't know. It. I don't know how to do it. I don't know if <laughs> I do the QR. Buzz it here. Buzz it here. Literally opening the case file. We've not yeah. even got in the case. Because you might be listening to this now, and you're just absolutely disgusted with us, which is completely right. We're clearly too thick to be able to do this properly. But there's people out there who've got much better brains than we have. Bust open the padlock. No, you're not busting the padlock open. That's not how it works. It stays sealed until we can work this damn thing out. So there you go, our spectacular failure, which seems to be a bit of a theme when working together on this uh, podcast, playing games, uh, uh, to play the first uh, episode of The Detective Society. Uh, I'll post up some pictures of it as well. Obviously, spoiler alerts, but they get, they make you do this first case to prove whether you've got the what it takes to be a detective. I didn't realise that you could you could play it on your own. I Because we played it together, but I didn't realise you could play it on your own. So probably, You were all holding me back. I'd probably, pref- <laughs> I'd probably prefer to play it on my own because I'm... Very thick with numbers and very thick yeah. with thinking about things. I'm one of those people that has to write stuff down and yeah. work stuff out and do does maths on their thumbs and fingers. See, one other thing I do when I'm trying to work stuff out in my head as well is, I don't know if you guys do this, if I've got, to say, a password in my head, you know when it says, can you give me the third and the fourth letter of your mm. password? Do you say those words in your head as, at, but, cut, duh? No. No, because okay. I'm, not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I said I'm not very good at maths, but I'm not a child. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but well, I, do, I do count them out on my fingers. Okay. Yeah, 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 I do a bit of that. Do that too. And just as just as we've come back from that little clip there, where we've we have failed the case, Eloise had to go for a little little wee wee yeah. pause down there as well. <laughs> this is one thing we had an idea for at university. Okay. Feel free to just completely discount this. I don't know whether Brian's up for it or not. We had this dream of uh, right at the end of term, at the end of the final year, get us some all of our old clothes on and then spend a day when you watch TV and just do a wee in your trousers watching telly without having to get up or anything like that. Would you would you think that's quite liberating? Hello. Um, David at Saturn. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't know. He's, he won't talk about board games. He will not talk about board games. He's just talking about weeing it. I know, he, I'll try and get him back on track, but I don't know what I can do. You don't have to, you'd have to go for it. It's fine if you guys are... Uh, I've just got a question also, about it. A, yeah, can I get a copy of Kaplunk? Is that right? Oh, for crying <laughs> out Thanks, all right. Okay, cheers, mate. Bye. Leave David alone. Yeah, like, so your clothes aren't waterproof. Sorry, just needs to know that. I know, but I, it was just a, it was just a liberating, you know, because it's like you've got to go to, the, you've got to get up and go to the loo and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So wouldn't it be great? And, and I mean, I mean, number two's in there as well. The, oh, the whole nine yards. But you know that will come out onto your sofa. I know, but it'd be so, so liberating, wouldn't it? I think it'd be liberating for the first sort of Ooh. five minutes. Then it'd be cold and wet, okay, and smelly. All right, let's. let's what about? We'll never mention. Yeah, it maybe if you wore waterproof trousers though. No, but yeah. I, that's the because only then way it would be. Prep. That's prep. It, it, I don't want prep. I want it's just then, normal stuff. Your prep is wearing old clothes, so you may as well put waterproof. Does, right, if you want to turn up in a sour and stuff like that, does your partner fun. know about this? She doesn't know about this. No. But you, your dream is to sit on the sofa and soil yourself. If you've got a dream <laughs> that you feel that you can't explain to other people for this particular reason, get in touch with the podcast <laughs> at Board Game Think. Uh, or on email at podcast at zatu.co.uk. Exactly. It may it may be that you can't express that weird dream that you have. <laughs> In 240 characters, you might need to f- fill out, you know, Diagrams. two or three pages on an email. So, but please do let us know. Do you shoot for the stars. Have, you, have either of you two got a little dream of stuff that you like feel that you can't explain um, to other people? I've always wanted to have so much money that I could go into KFC and get them to just put all the chicken skin they have into a bucket. <laughs> just a bucket of just chicken skin. 
<laughs> and that's when you know you've made it. So you can win a copy. You can win yourself a copy of the Detective Society game uh, by going. Brian's just mentioned the the uh, email address. Drop us an email: podcast at zatu.co.uk. Uh, let's let's do two different lines of inquiry here. Tell us uh, a board game that you like playing with other people because it's a good game to play with a group. That right? And we'll do, we'll put your names in the draw and pick out a lucky winner. And also, if you want to go that one stage further, Eloise doesn't feel that she's comfortable enough to talk about that in front of us. Well, we know deep down there must be something that she would love to do, but is too scared to say. Uh, if there's something like that, put it in the email as well <laughs> and get some extra credits. Little competition for you there. Uh, some other detective games that you can get from Zatu's website. I mean, we've talked about these before, but uh, I think there's never been a better time to play detective games with the rise of some great um, crime stuff on TV, like The Mayor of Easttown, which I can't stop going on about. It's a fantastic thing. Or even brilliant real-life stuff like 24 Hours in Police Custody. Uh, detective, a modern crime game. Fantastic one to play with a group of people. Uh, there's a thing called Chronicles of Crime, which is based on different eras. So you can do solve crimes from the 80s or uh, go all the way back to like um, do the whole CAD file thing and solve crimes in like a medieval town. Do they stuff. have any um, <laughs> 60s cray stuff? They, they don't, but they should do. That'd be a good one as well. You bang out of all down. I'll stripe, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is Chronicles of Crime. Uh, Detective uh, City of Angels is one of my favourite games ever, which is based on the whole uh, L.A. Noir, kind of 1940s, 1950s thing in Los Angeles. And then a game I've never played before, but I've seen a couple of people playing it. In fact, James Hewitt, who we had on the show a few weeks back from the guy who was one of the uh, co-creators of uh, Blood Bowl, he's playing this game called Micro Macro Crime City. And it looks like this kind of cartoon crime game. It's on Zatu's website right now. Check it out. It's about time to have a board game fact of the week from our very own Brian. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Okay, so it's about post this week. We're doing games about posting stuff. Yeah. Right, right? so yeah. I've got an interesting fact about the post. Um, you may think the Royal Mail is one of the oldest post uh, postal organisations in the world. Yeah. And you'd be right, it is. I don't know where I'm going with this. Great fact, thanks very much. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cheers, thanks very much. Another next week. Um, but there's actually an older uh, service in Belgium. Right, right. Uh, it's no longer with us because it only lasted a year. So when when mail started getting like really fashionable in the eighteen hundreds, people started sending because uh, you could because with the advent of railway travel and with the advent of coaches, fast coaches, yeah. you could send post and it'd be there the next day or the. And do you remember up until recently, you'd get three. I think you'd get three posts a day. Oh really? Remember you'd get the first post and certainly the second post, but in the eighteen fifties and early nineteen hundreds, you would get like five posts a day. But none of that went in the food bin, did it, Eloise? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, uh, and you know the Royal Mail is is widely regarded as one of the best postal services in the world. Uh-huh. But the Belgian service, what they tried to do is they came up with a very interesting way of uh, in in the city of Liege to deliver postcards. Right. What animal do you think would be the worst? <laughs> animal? Do you think would be the worst? <laughs> Uh, animal to try and help deliver post. The most, ins- the most insouciant, uh, arrogant animal that ever lived. Uh, a cat. A cat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, because Eloise's cat joined us for the uh, our little Instagram Insta- live. Instagram live. And what's it called again? Your cat. Dotty. And your your cat's a pain in the backside. Yeah. Climbs up onto roofs and stuff. So yeah. completely uh, stuffs your bum in your face. All that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what they used? They didn't use cats. Well, what they did was they thought they thought cats are a bit like homing pigeons. They always go home. So here's the thing, rather than spend money, you know, putting it in in, in a stagecoach or a train or whatever, yeah. you deliver your cat to us, right? You what? give us your cat. <laughs> you give us your cat. And then when when uh, a letter comes in for you or something's addressed to you, what we do is 
we attach a waterproof bag. <laughs> this is not. This is not true. We attach a waterproof bag and we put a letter in there. But imagine if they get an Amazon parcel, like dumbbells or something, <laughs> dragging it. So they the they have to hold on to everyone's cats indefinitely until <laughs> yeah. until time they get a letter. Yeah. So already we can see the floor in their plan. A massive cat warehouse. Yeah, and and then they would say, well, you know, uh, we've got a letter for Andy Tiddles. There you go. Put a bag around its neck. <laughs> can I, can I just confirm? And then they would release the cat, hoping it would go home. Do, do I? So imagine I've got post and I've got a cat. Yeah. Okay, would I then need to bring my cat down to the station for it to then give me the the letter, or is it, do I submit my cat to be part of the postal service? <laughs> and at some point, I might have a letter and I'll get my cat back as well. Because if you were driving to it, I you think, may as well just may let well it go. Exactly, yeah, I it's think a must. I'm there. I think more that like I think it's more that oh, you live in uh, King Street, so you you put your cat in for the week. <laughs> You could do a whole and week. Then, uh, and then they, might, they might give you three letters for Doris next door or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right, okay. So I think that's what it was. But look, anyway, it didn't work. Funnily enough. After a, uh, within a year, because they found that like 60% of letters weren't being delivered, uh, or if they were, they were being delivered like four days later than they should have been, uh, they, they knocked it on the head, which is fair enough. So I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm buying this, Eloise. Mm. Do, you, do you believe this? The other thing is, as well, a cat, they have to have scented to know where home is. So if That's you're, what I'm saying, yeah, so you, you, they know where they are. You take them to the post office, but then they've got no idea where they are because it doesn't smell anything like them there. I remember reading somewhere that if you want a cat to really find its surroundings quickly, you put butter on its feet. So if you if you move house, say if you move house tomorrow, yeah, what you do is you take the cat in with you. You put butter on its feet. What right? the hell? No, is hang, going on, hang on, on hang on, hang on, hang on, because they they exude scent through their paws. And then when it's going round, it exudes more scent than usual. Good cat impression. With its paws. You can't see it, but <laughs> you look it's very like a good. Mime. It's very good. And then they learn the little trails and window. areas quicker with the butter on the feet. But then you do have, then you get Lurpak over your house. So I don't know, it's a, it's a bit of a... Swings and roundabouts, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, this is fascinating. Thank you very much for that. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff to get through here in terms of people. We want your uh, response on this. Do you believe that fact? I'm not sure I do. Tell us about it at Board Game Thing Now on Instagram. Get involved on that. I want to hear from you as well if you play a game via the post. So if you do mm-hmm. a, an online role-playing game where you you send an email and that's your move, that's fantastic. Tell us about it. Also, what we love about the Detective Society is uh, that it's a company that's like a startup. people who are fans of that genre and want to make a thing. So if you're, you've got a new game out and you'd like us to test it or try it or talk about it, uh, drop us an email, podcast at zatu.co.uk. Uh, we just got time for a quick pitch from one of you guys, a board game thing listener. I think it is the amazing Stacy Barnfield who has sent us in his idea for a board game that's yet to be made. Hi, board game thing. I'm Stacy from Birmingham, and here's my idea for a board game. It's called IKEA The Escape. Multiple players wind their way through the famous IKEA one way system, dodging spatulas, wavy mirrors, and tea light candles. Land on any of these and you have to pay. After every player gets back to the car park, the person with any money left wins. But here's the best bit. There's one square on the board that takes you direct to meatballs, which, as we know, is the real reason we all go to Ikea. Cheers, guys. What a fantastic game. I Uh, take issue with that. We don't all go to Ikea for the meatballs. Some mm. of us go for the roll mop herrings. Okay. You actually eat oh. those things. You, the person that eats those yeah, things. Yeah, lovely, lovely stuff. And they've always been they? in the little glass cabinet. I've never actually They're had like a They're like a one. sort of like a pickled fish. Oh, I like the Gravlax they do. What's the Gravlax? It's um, cured it sounds like salmon. Sounds like a um, Skrillex or some yeah, kind of Yeah, I know, like... doesn't it? DJ <laughs> Gravlax. Yeah, your story tonight, Gravlax. Gravlax. Um, I like the little dime bar cake. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that as well. But I, I would have meatballs with um, chips. Same. And not that Loganberry jam. No. That can I get in the sea. I don't like I'm meatballs. With you on that. I, don't, I don't like the shape of them. Um, I don't like the density of them. I just like, I like meat moist, so they tend to be dry in the middle. So I like, I like just meat free range. I don't like it compressed into some sort of shape. If you would like to order a <laughs> I like meat moist uh, t-shirt that, uh, with Brian's slogan on it, then do drop us an email at podcast.zatu.co.uk. That is it from us this week. Check out the games I was talking about earlier on on Zatu's website. Check out the Detective Society as well. You've definitely got to be cleverer than the three of us because we <laughs> failed at the first hurdle. Uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you.